Med School is a 14-month creative journey that will teach you what you need to know to become successful in advertising, minus all the bullshit. In around 14 months, students will come out with a killer portfolio and some awesome agency connections on the West Coast, in Chicago, New York City, really all the major advertising hubs, and more. They're the new kids on the block, but they're not afraid. The guest on this show is Jesse Elkire, co-founder, owner, and CD of Denver Ad School, or what they like to call it, Dad. Heather Vandesco is co-founder and education director, and she's also with Jesse in this episode and chimes in with some amazing, excellent advice towards the second half of the episode. They both have fantastic agency experience with plenty of connections. They're a tag team duo that launched Dad back in 2019. We talk about what what makes their school so excellent, and they offer super genuine advice for you all. They keep it real. We can all appreciate that as we're looking for the next move in our careers. We want honesty, and that's what they bring. So to learn more about Dad, visit our Instagram account, Entering Ad. There you can connect with Jesse and Heather and see their resources and the awesome work that their school and their recent graduates have done with their portfolios. Now, without further ado, this is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast, and I am your accomplice, Gino Shellberger. Kick it, Mikey. Oh boy! Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. You start using that trick. Start. Uh, start doing that because it. Cause, you know, you could you could always cut it later, but it's like you know we've. My whole thing is like authenticity. I mean, that's my. I get that from improv. It's like. It, there's there's truth in comedy there's truth in like real honest conversations that applies to comedy applies to advertising anything creative you're making so i always thought that was cool that Marin did that trick because it's just like a real legit conversation like we sat down very naturally and just started talking and it's like a yeah. good, good yeah yeah set. i like to warm it up and then you know just hit record so it's pretty similar but yeah um but yeah my question was what you guys are originally from chicago mm-hmm. uh what caused you know the, the move to denver uh, well, I, I left first. I left to take a job because I've got two little kids. Uh, my wife and I are from here originally, so we always knew we wanted to come back at some point. And that was the point. I finally got a job uh, at a what I thought was a decent agency. Uh, what I thought. <laughs> and it's already started. And uh, so, yeah, so we, so we headed out. Uh, and then about like a year or so after I came out, uh, I'd left that agency. I'd had some free time. We'd sold our house, uh, so we kind of had time and money, two very dangerous things for me. So nice. I figured out, my, figured out my next steps. And so right when I left Chicago, I told Heather, almost like as a joke, I do kind of remember talking about this. I don't know if you do, but like as a joke, I was like, well, maybe I'll hit you up in a few decades or whatever, and we'll start a school or something. Nice. So I, so I hit her up much earlier than I thought. I always thought I would love to do something kind of like this, but I wasn't quite sure. And so I hit her up and I said, well, Hey, I got some time. I got some money. Would you move out and start a whole new thing with me? And didn't take her too long. I feel like to think about it. She had to think about it a little bit. You're taking a chance. How much did you have fleshed out of that idea though? I mean, was it just like an ember of a creative thought or was it like, did you have everything planned out? No, we had it like fairly decently planned out because I didn't want to go and, you know, bother her with anything that wasn't like ready to go. Because like she was kind of the the last piece of the puzzle. I think honestly, if she hadn't come out, we wouldn't have done it. I mean, she And was, what was she doing at the time? 
She was still running Chicago Portfolio School. Right. As the director yep. of education. Yep. Where Sarah Latz is doing that now, I believe. Uh, yes. Yep. Yep. They've been on the podcast. Oh, did you talk to Sarah? Who did you talk to? Sarah and Jeff. Oh, together? Tag team? Tag team. Oh, cool. All right, yeah, I, 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 I like... I like the portfolio schools. I think it's real interesting. Like I think Crave Circus, I've done that. I've done I've interviewed Dan, obviously. You know about that. I've interviewed yes, you and Heather that, now. Yeah. And uh Jeff and Sarah. I think just well, I personally want to work for a portfolio school one day. That's really? like one of, that's one I wanna well, I'm I, I'm not in the creative side of things. Um I wish I was, but I wanna help with like career services. I'm helping students to like break into the industry. I would love to do that someday. It's, you know, it's the, be it's, it's the best part of the business. I mean, working in a portfolio, I always thought this too, when I, cause I taught at CPS for, I don't know, two years or so, two, three mm -hmm. years. I can't remember. That's where obviously where Heather and I met. And mm -hmm. That was always the best part of my day. You know, you work in an agency all day. You think about all the stuff you got to deal with. I mean, it's certainly fun. You can't beat it. Obviously I still believe in working in the business, but portfolio school is so much better. There's no clients. There's no horrible bosses with their horrible egos or temper tempers or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's you and a bunch of people. You're in a room. You're creating. It's that. It's the most purest form of creativity that we see in the business. You know, completely free of all the bullshit. And so right. it's it's just so energetic to be around on a daily basis. And and if I end up you know not working in the business anymore, like if I stop freelancing or you know working at an agency, I'd be totally fine with that. This is so much fun to do. Are you freelancing on the side right now? I was, and then of course the pandemic hit, and I only mm -hmm. had like two or three gigs in the past year, which was, you know, I didn't, I can't say I tried a ton, but um, yeah, I kind of took a little bit of a break because I thought it would be a good time anyway. And plus, it, we've just been very lucky; the whole thing has taken off here that it's become such a big juggernaut that I, we, we've been so busy that we kind of have done this full time. I mean, obviously Heather does this full time, but I mean, I've really been doing this full time as well. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's you guys seem to be doing really awesome stuff. But before we get into like the portfolio school and how the, this you guys have been, become successful, let's kick it back. You worked where you worked at Razorfish, McGarry Bowen, FCBDDB, RGA, and Havas. Yeah, that's pretty much just the yeah, the, the top one. Yeah, I mean, I I worked at so many places there. I I, bounce, I bounced around a lot. Not necessarily. What was your job. role there? Were you copywriter or director, art director? Yeah. Uh, so I've, I'm a weirdo. I've been both. I started off as an art director, and then I transitioned to being a copywriter before I, you know, started doing the whole ACDCD what, thing. What, what was what, what did Heather do? Uh, Heather was a designer way back when. Good designer. She still got that good designer's eye, and mm -hmm. uh, she went to Temple. She did the whole ad program out there, and she wanted to work at an agency and wanted to do design. And then yeah, she ended up uh, doing all the portfolio school stuff. Where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to film school at UNLV. It was like a new, kind of a newer film film program. Back what then. celebrity alumni is from UNLV? Ooh, what is this? A, this is I'm on Cash Cab now. All of a sudden, I, I, that, uh, the school rings a bell for a reason. Let me look this. Yeah, up. well, I don't know. I don't know if I could tell you anybody famous. They had a really big basketball team in the late '90s. Guy Fieri. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, nice. That counts. Oh, I don't remember seeing him on campus. He, he might be. I wonder how old he is. I wonder if he's our age. What is that Flavortown? Is that what he was talking about the whole time? Could be. No, that's Vegas. Vegas is Flavortown. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't get the whole Vegas. I lived in the suburbs there, too. I didn't get the true Vegas experience. Hmm. Well, 
So then, so Heather Temple, you UNLV. Yep. Gotcha. And then you, yeah. you, you just went right to Chicago and got all these dope jobs like FCB, DDB. Uh, <laughs> uh, not kind of, sort of. Uh, so yeah, I went to film school and I was doing comedy. So I was kind of doing those two things, not going to a lot of classes. I was mostly just out, you know, I was out like shooting films with my friends, writing, performing, doing a lot of sketch comedy. And eventually it got to the point where sketch comedy was taken off the quickest. So they told me to move to Chicago. So I did. I, I picked up and moved. And when I moved, to, I'd done a few. I had a few like really dumb marketing jobs in Vegas. Like I, like marketing jobs. They weren't mm -hmm. like at an ad agency or anything legit. Because uh, I, I could always do design stuff. I taught myself design in high school, like early days of Photoshop. I don't mm -hmm. even know what that would have been. Photoshop 1 or 2 maybe potentially. I'm talking like late 90s 98 99 okay as a kid i could draw i could paint i could do all that i could also write it well too. and so i mean i that's part of why i went to film school because i had a, a clear visual mind but i was also a writer so i ended up being a kind of a director screenwriting focus out there and so like for odd jobs like all my other friends you know they'd be like waiters or waitresses you know because we were all actors and directors and whatnot and i could go off and get like a better you know, day job because I could do like graphic design work. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. I just kind of started piecing together stuff. And then I moved to Chicago and was doing comedy basically full time at night. And then during the day, just picking up these little low level marketing, dumb things. And then it, I eventually landed at this place like in-house for this running company. They put on like 5K, 10K, like fun run things. And it was one of those like right place, right time. They had no other creative team. I was the creative team. They let me hire a couple of people to help me out. Oh, nice. And I built an entire book out of that because I did literally everything for them. And I'm, I'm old enough to say like I did actual print ads and magazines. We did a lot of digital social stuff. I shot TV commercials for them because, again, I, I hired my film school friends to come out. We shot. We edited. That's fun. We did everything. So I in like a year there, I built an entire book. And I didn't really even know what I had at that point. And like my mom was the one who was kind of like, you got to go and like look into advertising. She'd always thought that was a path for me, but I'd never thought about it because I thought I'd just go off to film school and do all that. So I put together an actual physical book. Again, I'm just barely old enough for the first year of my career. I had a physical portfolio that I took around. But even by that point, that wasn't that cool. So I kind of figured out after my first like few agency interviews, I don't need a physical book, but. So I took that around and I was able to latch on to a, a shopper marketing place, uh, Upshot in Chicago. They're still doing oh, great. They've actually kind of moved I on. just connected with somebody that, that works yeah. there. Yeah, they were cool. And they, you know, since then they've kind of moved on past, they don't just do shopper now. They're kind of doing some bigger stuff. Like back when I was there, it was, um, you know, mostly shopper stuff. And so I got, I got a freelance gig that, you know, they brought me back a lot, I think throughout that summer. And, that's kind of what, so like kind of, I was, I was a little bit in, you know, cause like shopper that's like below the line. So I was like kind of in mm -hmm. and that led to other shopper gigs. And then I got to a, a little bit of a bigger shopper place, uh, integer. They opened up a Chicago yep. office out there. So I was actually there when that first opened. Now it's a much bigger office, but so from there we did, uh, we were doing all, all the Miller Coors stuff and, uh, we, that was the first time I'd worked with a partner agency who did above the line stuff. So we worked with a place called Calvary who was doing all the TV and all the big stuff for Coors. And so once I saw that, I was like, well, wait a minute, that's what I should be doing. Cause I went to fucking film school. Like, right. let me work on like, let me work on content like that. Like, you know, TV broadcast, like digital video. That's where my skill set is. 
So I just I looked him up on LinkedIn and cold messaged a few people and I said, Hey, I'm at I'm at your par partner agency integer. Uh, I'm an art director. I could really be a good copywriter who could also shoot stuff for you. They looked at my book and they said, uh, no, we're good. You don't quite have the book for us because I had a shopper book at that point. And so I said, well, give me some tips. Let me know what I should do. And so they gave me just some tips on how to you know, do more bigger campaign stuff, big ideas. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't really remember exactly what I did in that time, but I, I, I added some more stuff. I, I'd, I'd written for The Onion for a little bit in that time. And so I, I retooled my book a little bit. And about a year or so later, I reached back out. I said, hey, it's me again. Do you want to hire me? And then they said, all right, yeah, now we think you're ready. Yo, nice. And so then, then I was basically in. I mean, once you're in at like a big above the line agency, you're kind of in the club. And so yeah, then from there it was I worked at yeah any place you could think of pretty much. Wow. So let's rewind that back. You worked at the partner agency. You realized the the above the line agency is what you call it. That the Calvary. Describe them. They they were they were doing the big commercials. That's where you wanted to be. Yeah. This was. I mean. The Coors Light accounts has since bounced around a ton, but they were at a fairly small Chicago agency. They were the true agency of record. We had right. every brand underneath the Coors side of Miller Coors. Uh, Miller That's was everybody's still, dream client, I feel no, like. No, for me too. And part of my pitch to Cavalry to hire me was I said, hey, I literally grew up just over the hill from the brewery in Golden. I'm from like the western suburbs of Denver. Yep. So I said, I've grown up around this brand. Like I know this brand. I know Colorado. Like, you know, let me work on this. And yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if that did anything for them. They probably didn't care about that. But but yeah, it was cool for me. I mean, to work on a huge brand like that and from my home state, it was it was killer. I loved it. And then sure enough, that, that kind of defined my career in Chicago. Because after that, I went to another agency that had Miller Coors. I kind of followed that that count around a little bit. How'd you know when to, to switch around, like to jump from agency to agency? Well, that was kind of easy because Miller that was that kind of started the the train of Coors Light jumping from place to place. And oh, so, so you I followed knew, the brand? Yeah, I, I knew that Coors was going to likely leave Cavalry at some point, and you know, because we we kind of went through this whole thing. It was very publicized. It got written up in Ad Week and everything. We uh, we did a campaign that uh, bombed terribly at the um, uh, what's it called? all the all the beer distributors the beer distributors have a conference every year to kind of go over like the new marketing and advertising for that year and the distributors have so much power in that industry they saw the campaign we, we pitched and they hated it and they said if you guys run this campaign we're not going to sell your beer so sure enough you know what's the client going to do they're going to listen to the people that sell the beer so they pulled the campaign and they, our agency had spent so much money on this and so that the client was understandably upset and that was kind of the last straw really for the agency so they end up losing that account maybe like a year a yeah. year and a half later or something like that so i'll do it that will that will do it every time <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so you follow the, the brand around in chicago you tried your best to do that or did you just uh, at the beginning i did yeah why not like I was, That's a good idea. I was looking, yeah because i was looking for a gig after cavalry and so there was an, a, an even smaller shop that was doing a uh, lining kugels. That was their piece of the Miller Love Coors that. portfolio. And oh, I know I was, uh, I almost kind of like that more than Coors Light. Actually, I think it's a much better beer. It's a good beer. Uh, so yeah, it was easy. Like I hit them up. And I said, well, Hey, I spent the last like year or so on Coors Light. Like, let me work on lining kugels. And they're like, yeah, sure. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how it goes sometimes. So I'm, that first time it was very, you know, I, I did pick them out because I knew they were hiring. I knew they had the client that I had worked on. But after that, it was mostly just kind of luck. I, it just kind of happens that way a little bit. So what was um, your last agency before you went to, to, to Chicago Portfolio School? 
Wait, in Chicago or here? In My Chicago. Last... Oh, before I started uh, teaching at CPS? Yeah, yeah. Well, what I was, was your in... last agency experience? Oh, like in Chicago before I left to come here? Yes. Oh, let's see. What was the last place I worked in Chicago? Uh, God, I don't know. Why am I blanking? Havas? Yeah, actually, yeah. Actually, it might have been Havas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I, I worked at the Havas Annex for a little bit. How was that? I, everybody oh, loves I the Annex. Oh, I hated it because it was so hard to get to. We were oh. just talking about this. Where is it at? It's like it's kind of like northwest a little bit. And like for me, coming from the suburbs, it was a real bitch to get over there. And yeah, so but was, once you're in there, isn't it awesome? Yeah, no, it was cool. It was a cool shop. Yeah. Uh, they were, they were still doing mostly cigarette stuff then they had just, I think they'd just gotten Wendy's at that point. I want to say it was Wendy's or they were pitching Wendy's. I don't know. Maybe I'm spilling a lot of secrets, but mm. it was like, it was an interesting vibe because it was like, that was the time where they were hiring like skateboarders and graffiti artists and yeah. like, like cool people like that, like outside of the business to make like creative work. And so, yeah, it was definitely, um, that was the most different vibe I think I'd ever seen. In Isn't agency. that what like Crispin does though? They kind of hire non-traditional. I mean, Wyden does. I mean, a lot mm -hmm. of big agencies do that now. Yeah. But didn't Crispin kind of like pioneer that or was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they pioneered it, but I'm sure but, they were probably one of the bigger places to do it. I think that was always a Bogusky thing. Every time we He was like them, the first rock star creative director. That's probably fair. I don't know. Maybe you tell Bill me. Bur Bill Birnbach liked to party though back in the day, I'm sure. That guy got fucking wild. Yeah. I, I never um, I never I, partied with him. No, I, I yeah, I don't know. I think he's he's been dead for several decades, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So your last agency in Chicago was Havas in the annex. And then Yeah, I think that was just a quick little freelance thing. Yeah. What was um what was your most meaningful agency experience? Or your oh, what was the best work you came came out came out of which agency? Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe those are two different stories. I don't know. I mean, the, certainly the most meaningful was uh, OKRP, O'Keefe, Reinhard, and Paul. Yep. Uh, it was meaning, meaningful to me for a lot of reasons. I mean, I was lucky that I was, I was one of the first creatives they hired there. And it was, I got the experience of it was just me and it was the three of those guys. And, you know, they were like, they were big guys. Like they'd worked at, they'd, I think they'd all come from, FCB, I and mean, maybe Nick oh. was at FCB at that point. But you worked it, for the all, dudes. What's that? You worked for them, like the the founders. Oh, like no, it's literally just the three of them and me in a room. Oftentimes, it, hmm. it was very. It's very a big small. agency now, right? That's oh, a huge agency. Yeah, yeah. So like back in the day, I got their attention because I was still doing Second City stuff, and they and they still to this day. I love their business model. They have a writers' room that kind of rotates of local comedians and improv performers and sketch writers because you know they do a lot of funny stuff so their opinion is well if we do funny stuff let's hire people who know how to write funny stuff and that's right. comedians and so i, I caught their eye because i i had kind of one foot in the advertising world and one foot in the comedy world and so they brought me in and mm. yeah i was there like at the i think i got hired in their second or third week i feel like it was wow. very, very early on so i was and of course, at the time, I didn't know how lucky I was. But looking back, I got to work so closely with the three of those guys, uh, Nick, Matt, and Tom. And like, I, I learned so, so much. Why and didn't you were, stick with them? Uh, it was mostly, it was like an on and off freelance thing. Because that's kind of yeah. how they did it back then. They didn't have any full-time employees. You know, because yeah. they were so small. And so I, I, that was 
that's the longest freelance gig I had. It was like over a year or so. And then I got a good offer to go. I think I went to cavalry right after that, actually. Okay. Maybe. Um, and uh, so I had to take that. But anytime that I'm like between gigs or whatever, I'd always bounce over there because they would always take me. They were just always so nice and always mm. so helpful to me. And it was just the most fun to work with. I mean, they were it's a, just such a creative focus shop. They make stuff. They they had such a focus on. They want to make ads that people want to watch. You know, you think about so much of what we do. Everybody hates what we do. They skip what we do. They pass over what we do. They ignore what we do. And so their whole thing was, well, let's entertain some people and give them a good time and sell them a good idea while we're at it. And it was so infectious just to be a part of that. I I love them. And yeah, and look at now, like you said, they're huge now. They've got so many gigantic clients and they're doing so well. I mean, they they deserve it because they they know how to run it. What was uh, the best or some of your favorite work you've you put out there? Uh, there we did. We not we just came, there, like in general, oh, in your career. No, just in general. Yeah. Well, I was very, very proud of a campaign I worked on at Cavalry that got to the very, very end. Uh, I'm so proud of it. I put it on my portfolio, even though it didn't get made. And, you know, like a lot of people don't put in stuff that's like unfinished. But sure. I was so proud of that because I really reflected the kind of work that I wanted to do. It was a big kind of storytelling campaign about Colorado and Coors Light. And that was a fun thing to be a part of because it got down to uh, myself and my partner's idea and our CCO's idea. And we were at an agency where a CCO was kind of pitching his own ideas, which is not the best place to be, you know, because typically you, you want your leaders to kind of help pump up the work below them. And so I don't know, it is what it is. But so it got down to our campaign and his campaign. And sure enough, you know, the client picked his campaign and that was the one that blew up and it lost them. The, the, the oh. client. And so it was so much fun for us to be a part of that because our campaign got to the very end. And a lot of the clients we heard liked, preferred our campaign we got to go through testing. We got to go through, you know, all that experience. Uh, it was just so, so cool and so fun. It was the, by far the, like, if I would have sold that through, that would have been huge. That would have been the biggest thing I'd ever done in my entire life. Hmm. It would have changed my life. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. Hmm. Well, no, good thing it didn't go through. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. I know it worked out fine. I, I'm okay. I'm all right. Yeah. yeah. So your last agency uh, in Chicago was Havas. In the annex, you said you did a little stint there, and then so you, is that when you started teaching at Chicago Portfolio School? No, no, I, I started teaching like two or three years before that. Um, oh, so you okay? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and you did that for how long? Yeah, like a couple of years or so. I don't know. And I'm Heather was there. The co-founder yep. of Dad was there, yep. mm-hmm. and that's how you guys met, and you linked up later to create your awesome school in Denver. There you go. That's the story. Yeah, so you, but you left Chicago, and there was just time to leave, right? Yeah, we we were just kind of wanting to go back home a little bit, come back home to Colorado. That was pretty much it. I mean, we we enjoyed it. It's I thought it was a great city. We enjoyed living out out in, in the suburbs of Naperville. Enjoyed living in the city. But yeah, we we've got little kids, and you know, at a certain point, life becomes kind of more important than advertising. Some things are bigger than ads. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think most everything is, but like, yeah, at a certain point, it's always nice to kind of pick life. And so, yeah, so we figured that, well, hell, I could get a job out in Colorado. So we'll, we'll go do that and live somewhere we want to live. And then what job did you get when you got back in Colorado with your family? I hooked up with an agency called Amelie. What, what's it called? Uh, Amelie, like the, like the movie, the French movie. Hmm. Amelie. I know Anomaly. Anomaly. No, they're a much bigger and better agency. Anomaly is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
They're good. They're great agency. So you didn't like Amelie? Uh, omelet, omelet, omelette. Uh, yeah, they kind of were a little bit of an omelet. A lot of cracked eggs <laughs> over there at Amelie. Yeah, it's kind of a rough place. They're having a hard time. They're not. Uh, they're not the top shop. I would necessarily. Say. Well, send some good students over there. Fix it up. No, actually, what we do is we threaten all the bad students. We say, if you don't pick it up, we're going to send you to Amelie. That's kind of mm. how we do it. <laughs> a little motivation on under that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we say, you know, this, this work kind of reminds me of Amelie a little bit. You got to pick this up. Try a little Nice, harder. nice, nice. So then you didn't like Amelie, obviously. Nope. And nope. what you so you got out of it. And then is, is that where you're like, all right, let's create an ad school? That was it. Yeah, that was the one where I... I just left there and we had just sold, sold our house. What year was this all? Give me a little timeline. Uh, this would have been 2019. What year is it now? 20, what is it now? 2021? 34 after this pandemic? feels Kind of. Like. Yeah. That's how I feel. So my, my kids are already grown up and out of college. Yeah. I saw some memes. It was like crazy. Was like I was 18 when the pandemic started. Now I'm 25 years old. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so you started you started the the idea formed in 2019. And when did it execute? When did everything start? Uh, well, it would have been that fall in 2019. So I don't know. Maybe the idea came to us in late 2018. Oh, so you guys moved quick. Yeah, so you moved quick. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, yeah, we did. I mean, that, that's the that's the benefit of having somebody with Heather's knowledge and expertise is we you know, like we told a lot of people in the, in the early goings, like, well, you know, we're, we're kind of a new school, but also, we're also kind of not a new school because coming in, we, we knew the infrastructure. We knew how the business worked. We knew how to set it up. We yeah. knew what we would change. I mean, like Heather came in with immediately, like, here's how I would do this differently. Cause she'd spent, you know, the past like eight years or whatever working in this business. And she'd saw a lot of room for growth and for change. And so she stepped in, you know, day one like her first official day out here when she moved out here we hit the ground running so we were, we were kind of ahead of the game it's not like we started a school from scratch we kind of cheated right. a little bit and started a school that was like halfway up so do you like so you rented out like a building how does that work you just and then you get an llc like like business wise how do you get approved for all that just yeah, like I mean, quickly it's, too it's licensing it's it's surprisingly easy. It's like you know that's how that's how Trump started a university. It's really not hard. Any any basic. Are you guys law. like Trump University? Is that what? You <laughs> yeah, mean? that's basically it. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> uh, we're we're selling steaks next. The steaks I was going to bring up. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. No, it's you know it's surprisingly easy. I mean that was the thing that really scared me because I, I mean I'm a creative through and through. I mean I'm I'm basically an idiot when it comes to stuff like this. I went to film school. I didn't take any math classes. I've been a, a a creative person my entire life and so the thought of starting a business and running a business was a little bit intimidating but for sure yeah once we did it and we got you know all the paperwork filled out we got approved by the board of education you know it's a very legit process to go through you can't but just so start. quick i feel like yeah i mean it was that's probably know, six, denver's a probably six months or so well i know like heather just said yeah we don't drag our feet and we don't fuck around i mean we're here to well you had this was like it. what you were doing like you dropped every you dropped your omelet job yeah and you're ready <laughs> to roll omelet no no legit yeah i mean i i was not working and it yeah. 
in the early goings, I mean, yeah, this was like a, I mean, it still is. It was a full-time gig to kind of get this up and going. So yeah, we had that advantage too. It was, I mean, Tyler and I devoted our entire lives to this. So you said you came in, you had an idea. What was that idea? Like what makes you guys different? Let's talk about the, you know, the school now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, the, the biggest thing is it's all about money. If you look at all the other schools, Miami circus and VCU, you know, and I don't, I'm not here to necessarily shit on shit on all of them a ton, but it's very glaring. Those schools are very expensive, very, very expensive. And that's prohibitive to a lot of people, a lot of people that honestly deserve to be in this business and, you know, working my entire career in Chicago, you know, just a year or so here in Denver, it's a very, it's a very white industry and it's just the plain fact of it and it's a lot of people who are you know of some sort of privilege to be able to get into this and you look at what are the major barriers to get into the business and it's portfolio school because you look at all the big places that i worked and i'm the exception not the rule i did not go to a portfolio school i snuck my way into the business it was very hard took a lot of work and i was also very lucky too and a lot of other people are not that lucky and you have to go to a portfolio school pretty much to be hired all these big agencies they almost exclusively hire from portfolio schools and that you can't fault them a ton because it's like you give them two choices do you want to hire someone who is experienced and has a great portfolio and they've learned the ropes and they can hit the ground running day one mm-hmm. or do you hire someone out of college who barely knows what the hell they're doing so it's an easy choice for an agency they want the more qualified candidate and that's almost always a portfolio school candidate but that's what I was, yeah, I mean, that makes that's sense. A, that's a huge, that's a huge barrier for people. A lot of people can't afford to go to portfolio school. So day one, we knew like, this is what we're doing. We're doing a shorter program. That's more affordable. To How help. many months? How many quarters? Uh, we're five quarters. Okay. Ends up being like 14, 14 months or so. 14 months. And it's cheaper than Miami at school, Grave Circus, all those. Like, I mean, uh, cheaper is an understatement. We're significantly cheaper. I mean, it's, you know, those we, are two-year programs. Yeah, they're yeah. I mean, they're essentially. I mean, I know. Yeah, two years. They're really only three more quarters than us, so they're not terribly longer. I mean, our program is just as comprehensive. We we really we were confident to put our program up against anybody else's. Just as great, just as in depth. Mm-hmm. All of our teachers are agency people. I mean, this is it's legit. It's a real thing. We're really proud of it. It's just we just don't charge a lot because we don't have to. Like we don't this was not about money. If this was about money for me and I wanted a million bucks, then I would have done what they did. And I would have charged $40,000 for two years, but we just didn't want that. And so it's, it's easy. You could choose to price it. However, like it doesn't cost that much to run a portfolio. School. Uh, what about the pandemic? How has that affected you guys? It somehow made us grow faster. That's not possible. Which, which I possible? know. Which I, Again, it's just luck. Everything about my life is just luck. We keep, I keep falling up into everything. So no, we because like when the pandemic hit March and our first quarter would was what was that August, September probably September of like 2019. So the pandemic hit March and of 20. Um, you know we didn't have that many months under our belt and we've only grown since then. It's it's taken off and I think you know people have realized that if you're sitting around with nothing to do. Why not go get better at something? Go get ready. So when we do open back up, you're a more hireable candidate at that point. Otherwise, like, what are you doing during the pandemic? You're just hanging out, you know, yeah. watch Netflix all day. Yeah, a lot of my friends um, had to face that decision because uh, you know, we I graduated in May this year. 
uh, oh, okay. in the heart of the, the heart of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And it was tough for me. You know, my my job got pushed back. I was lucky enough to have a job at least, but I didn't start till last month. Um, but a lot of my creative friends are, and they still are struggling to find jobs. And a good amount of them had that decision to make between like portfolio school or picking up a job they necessarily didn't like. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, what do you say like to those people that have to face it? You know, it's it's money. It is money to go to portfolio school. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. And that's, that's, what's hard about us. Like, you know, we're, we're still much more affordable, but it's still money. Like we're Mm -hmm. still not free. Uh, you know, I think our, our philosophy, at least, at least mine is I'm very honest and I'll say, go out and give it a shot, go out and apply to agencies and go out and email people and talk to people, give it like six months. And if you, if you get something, if you find an internship, if you sneak your way in, kind of mm-hmm. like I did out of college, then great. then you know, it is, it's, it's yeah. completely possible. It's very, very hard. It's not impossible, but it's, it's hard. So I always say, go for it. You have nothing to lose. If you sneak your way in, good for you. You made it. But yeah. Yeah, it might like take some extra work, though. You might not. You might be a spot you don't like as much. Oh, yeah, and exactly. And yeah, maybe it's not at the great shop you want to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the other thing about going to portfolio school is it's it's easier to get in. Plus, you get in at a higher level at a better shop. And sometimes that's a really big indicator of how your career can go. Because if yeah. you if you spend your whole beginning parts of your career at a really low level kind of shop, like that's tough to break in. I guess so, it's a it's your foundation. You know, do you want your oh, foundation yeah. built on quicksand? You know, it could mm-hmm. be at a bad shop that, you know, sets a tone yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, and some people are okay with that. So, like, I also, I'll just say, well, just go out and give it a shot. And if it yeah. works out, it works out. And if it doesn't, then maybe that's when you kind of have to think about, well, then maybe I do need a better portfolio. Maybe I do need better training. Maybe I do need the assistance of a portfolio school. And then, you know, which do, case, then, yeah, it's something to think about. You guys do strategy, too? Yeah, we just launched that last year. So a strategist needs a portfolio. Would you say somebody, uh, an account manager would also need a portfolio? Uh, they don't, account people don't need a portfolio. Strategist, Do you think they will though? Because a strategist probably didn't have to years yeah. ago. Well, I know that's changing. And now more than ever, big agencies do love to see a little bit of training from strategists. And so that's kind of how this yeah. came about for us, but you're onto something. And in fact, no, you a hundred percent are, we've had this conversation actually with several agencies and several people about maybe we do an account management track because VCU has one as well. And, you know, and, and we do look to VCU a lot. They're doing a lot of good things. Uh, you know, again, they're the most expensive. That's the only thing I could fault them for. I think it's far too cost prohibitive for people. Plus, they do a master's, which to me is pointless. No one cares if you have, even have a degree. I don't even have a bachelor's. I dropped out of college. No one cares about degrees. Uh, but you know, other than that, VCU does some good things. And so yeah. we looked at their strategy program and their account management program. And that's not a bad idea because I think you're right. Because again, it comes down to that whole thing of what would an agency want? Would they want someone who's ready to go or someone they have to train? And if you get to know any agencies, they don't want to train anybody. They don't have the time. No, they're, no they they're don't. Making you, you, they're making work. That's not a school. That's it a sucks. Business. It, they, it's not. It's there. not great to to hop into something that you're not familiar with. I'm doing it now. A lot of people do it, and it's yeah. it's stressful, and you got to work oh, double yeah. time. Yeah. Um, so no, I think you're right. I mean, going forward, like if if there are account people out there that are more strategically minded mm-hmm. and have a, a deeper understanding of the true nuances of, of account management, 
then they're going to get good jobs. Like big yeah. agencies are going to hire them at maybe a higher level than just an internship. And then, then it's like, well, now it's almost becomes a prerequisite for an account person to have a book, which is, which is crazy, but you know, it somehow does make sense. Once somebody sets the standard for yeah. that, then everybody's got to meet that standard. I feel yeah. Like. Well, no, that's exactly it. And that's what happened in the, in the portfolio school business, like Miami ad school, they came in and set the standard. And, and now like, sure enough, it's basically a prerequisite to get to a big agency. You have to go to a portfolio school. So, but you're saying now the main question of this episode is like, why should somebody choose dad? If I was a prospective portfolio school student, what would, you know, Denver attracts me in itself. Denver. Mm -hmm. So you got that going for you. Oh yeah. You got, you got the cost. It's cost effective. It's about mm -hmm. 14 months. You said. Yeah, you have 14 months this year. Five well, it's a good months. amount of time. It's a good amount of time. Mm -hmm. And you can come out with a good book, and Heather will get you a job most likely. Oh, likely. Very likely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you guarantee it? Uh, no, I'll never guarantee anything, but okay. it's, you know, it's it's basically a... It's a lock. Uh, it's a... It's, it's a, close. Uh, yeah. If you apply and are accepted... And you think you're good, good enough to hack it. What's yeah. that like? Is there, what's the application process like? Uh, you know, for us, it's, it's fun. We, we keep the application fairly short. We want to see, we want to see your potential. That's all we care about. We love to take in people who say like an art director that doesn't know how to use Photoshop. That's kind of intriguing to us. If they have a lot of potential and they're smart and they're creative, we like to work with people like that. We like to work with people who never considered advertising. Hmm. You know, the, we have a lot of people, a good, I'd say maybe like half of our current student body majored in some sort of program like advertising. And sure. that's cool. It's great. We accept them. Uh, you know, they're nice. Like we can kind of count on them to come in and understand some of the nuances right away. But we also, we, it's like we talked about earlier with like people like Boguski who celebrated all the, the skateboarders, the graffiti artists, mm -hmm. the history majors, the psychology majors who never thought they'd work in advertising in a million years. That's cool. That's a unique new perspective for the business that this business is dying for. Every single agency needs more of this. And so for us, that's a fun thing to take someone like that and turn them into an, like an ad creative, you know, superstar. Like it's fun because a lot of that is just you come in, you take your natural ability, you learn the business, you do the reps, you learn Photoshop if you're an art director, you learn the nuances of copywriting if you're a copywriter, mm -hmm. you know, so on and so forth. And it's done. Like, you know, you're creative. You, you can work in this business. Uh, how many people are in your yeah. school right now? And then uh, I want to get back to the question I asked my main question. Yeah, oh. no, Heather just, Heather just looked at me and said, I didn't answer that question. Uh, we've got, what are we up to now? Like we're close to 60. Yeah, 60. We're close to 60 students. Yeah. And then you got the what? Uh, we got an online program. We just launched uh, last quarter. Is that working in tandem or is that the same thing as what the people it's a no. It's a separate thing. It's a it's a shorter, more affordable option. It's only online, so it's really for people who are out of state and they can't move to Colorado, but they mm -hmm. want something. So they it's want mentorship. They want yeah. structure. Yeah. They want feedback from you know agency professionals. It's a sampling, if you will, of our full time program. Yeah, yeah, but not like a like it's more than a boot camp. Like a right. couple, how many weeks is so, it? It's uh, ten. It's twenty weeks total. Okay. Can you see me or is this just getting recorded? I can see you. Oh, how do I look? Yeah. You look great. <laughs> That's all we care about. Uh, that I would that say might be like, the sound bite I post yeah. on social media right there. 
How do I look? You look great. <laughs> yeah. But what are you saying? What sets us apart is our students, our teachers, our curriculum, our brand assignments, all the things. Who are your teachers? Oh, man, they're good. Well, the one silver lining of COVID was we were able to hire people, you know, friends all over. Everywhere, yeah. Markets, yeah. So students are getting exposed to people in New York and L.A. and everything in between. So that's been really fun uh, to be able to do. But then we'll still run classes in person, you know, with our Colorado favorites. But what's cool mm -hmm. about Colorado, like Jesse was kind of describing earlier, is a lot of people here, you know, that are working at some of the smaller shops, they've worked all over. Big markets, you know, they have fancy portfolios nice resumes, but they just want to have like a nice quality of life. So they just settle in to Colorado and hike and all that yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Move yeah, from I mean, Chicago. That's, that's every instructor here. I mean, everybody here has big agency experience in a big market and they've also worked at really good shops here because we want, I mean, we want this to be like a new hub. Like you, you can come here, learn from the best and you could stay here or you could go somewhere else. Like, I mean, the, I think the majority of our students from our pioneer class went out of state, San Francisco, LA, Boston, and Chicago, two stayed here to go to Crispin. Uh, but we, we like that. We like that you can come here, learn from great people who have worked all over, and then you, you can go wherever you want to, because we want to yeah. just prepare people to work in the business at big, legit shops. That's right. always our, our mission. We want to get you the best job at the big, biggest, best place we can. Not just any job, but a lot of students getting into the business or thinking about the business, they don't really know who's doing what even or where they want to end up. They have no right. So a big part of my job in the fifth quarter is to prepare them in that way. Well, they should already have been investigating agencies at, the, at that point. But, you know, I I encourage them to really go and do their research. Like what, what are their values? What are your values? Like mm -hmm. what is the work like? Is it work that you identify with? Like does it make sense for you? And yeah, so that way they're not getting tempted by the wrong jobs coming out of school because they're going to get a lot of offers, you know, when they finish. Um, mm -hmm. And it's easy to get swept up in that excitement of job offers without making yes. a solid decision. So a lot of the students, like, for example, who just finished this pioneer class, they were a few of them were offered like three or four, you know, jobs before they wow. decided on something. Yeah. All very high salaries, too. Good for them. Impressive. Yeah. So that's sort of what we're, what we're going for and hoping for, for them to really find a place that's the right fit for them, not just any old shop. It's not a, you know, it's not a factory here. You look at some of the bigger portfolio schools and they really will just take anybody, anybody who applies gets to go. And we're, we're keeping this small on purpose. We want class sizes to be very small. We want the student body to be very small. It's a very personal experience. Like everybody interacts with Heather and I on a daily basis, a weekly basis, however much they want. We're here all the time. They text and us. They literally text they, us. Yeah. They text us. Good we're morning, talking, and night. We're talking on Slack and you know, like we, mm -hmm. like we told the pioneer class our, and our second quarter is just now finishing too. They just finished on, on Thursday of last week. So now we've got two quarters who are out there in the world. Like, you know, at that point, like you're our friends, you're our contemporary. Yeah. Uh, you're no, you're no longer students. Like you're in our network. Like we're in this together now. And that's really how we think of this. It's a very personal experience here. Like we really do generally we, we care about everybody that comes. We, we've got, we have a lot invested in them. And what's cool too, for me, like to own, own this business is it, it, uh, it's just so pure, like the better that they do, the better we do. Like right. we're not in the business of putting out bad portfolios. If we put out shitty books, we're shutting down. And right. so we, we get Mutual. so in depth, we get so in depth with every portfolio, like, cause we want to put out the absolute best work we can. Cause that gets them the better job and that makes us look good too. So it's really a great partnership from day one all the way through here. 
yeah, it's not even just about getting the job and having the good book. It's also the training they receive, like, so they feel confident. You know, we get texts from former students all the time saying, like, I'm here. I'm do actually doing it. And I don't feel like a fraud. Like, I get all of this. And I feel I feel great. I feel great. They feel great. They're prepared. They're yeah, prepared. They, yeah, they yeah. Feel, it's, yeah. Um, good. good. But um, yeah. what about the, for the, our listeners out there? that are graduating soon or they're looking for internships i don't know whatever part in their undergraduate experience like what's like that one big piece of advice you have for them whether they're looking for portfolio schools or they're going out and doing the job search on their own what can you say to them well for the people that are maybe not thinking about portfolio school like i like we were saying earlier that's all right go do your thing give it a shot but what i would say is don't settle you know, because likely coming out of college, you're not going to get offers at any big shops. You know, we talked about why. And so if you get an offer from a you know low level marketing shop, don't settle for that. You don't have to. If you feel like you want to shoot higher and you're capable of more, you likely are. And if you are, then, you know, think about how you can get to that place. And usually that is a portfolio school. And yeah, and yeah if you're looking at all the portfolio schools, look, look at all of them, really. Like, you know, if for, we tell people all the time who look at us, we say, you know, if you're not sure, just check out all the other ones. I mean, we really feel confident that we don't have to sell this a ton, that yeah. people are drawn here for a reason, for whatever reason, our, our brand is pulling in the right kind of people. We don't turn away a ton of students. You know, we have to every now and then, not that we enjoy it, but it just, we have to, but for the most part, the people who are showing up here, they get this, they want to be a part of it. And it's, you know, it's, it's growing and growing to find more people like that. But, you know, at the same time, just look at all of them because really we feel like it's pretty clear what the differences are. Like we don't have to sell a ton of people on what yep. that is. Yep. At the same time, like be practical. Like I always tell, you know, students coming out of college, like reach out to people, be promiscuous, like go on LinkedIn, hit, you know, ask for advice. Um, but at the same time, don't ask for a job if your book is not there because you're just going to look stupid, you know, yeah. like understand that you know your limits and where there's holes or whatever and um be like humble about it you know um so that's one way obviously you know to get more feedback or whatever to to improve upon what you might already have but yeah at the end of the day if you want to get to where you need to get to somewhat quickly a portfolio school is going to be the way to and yeah and we tell and we, we we talk to a lot of people who are deciding between us and you know miami or circus or vcu like you know the big ones and and uh, like, honestly, like our final pitch is, you know, you get the exact same thing here. Our program is just as comprehensive. We get you the exact same jobs, sometimes better in our case. I mean, really, our pioneer class absolutely excelled. You yep. can go on our homepage right now, denveradschool.com, and you can see where our first kids ended up. It's killer. They're, they're starting off better than I did. And that's honestly, that's our goal. We want to start that's the them goal. Yeah, and look and, at portfolios. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Compare yeah. all of the ad schools put out the books, you know, so... Um, you know, everybody's super excited when they see our students because they're like, wow, like these brands, these these tones, these thoughts are mm -hmm. also like on point. And so I think that's an important part, and too, then, is just looking. And then but I think if anything, we are we're better. We're better. Well, I, I know. <laughs> Recruiters are so stoked that we're here. Like when we were going out and kind of, you know, pr um, presenting the school to all of our contacts, they were like, finally, like another place to pull good talent from. Like, we're so yeah, I'm sure recruiters that. love you guys. All that. I know we've been, we've been lucky. I think it's just because we we care a lot. We put a lot into this, and we're very very involved. And it's, you know, it's been so far so good. And you know, we're growing. More people are coming. And I think that, like like we were saying, our, our final pitch is, if if we're doing all the same stuff everybody else is doing, then why not come here? 
Like, cause you, you're spending less on tuition, all the extra money you're saving, buy yourself a real sweet condo downtown Denver. Yeah. Buy yourself a ski pass. Enjoy life. Enjoy five quarters here in Denver rather than living in, you know, I mean, here, Richmond, <laughs> Atlanta. I mean, come on. I mean, do I have to say anything warming? It's Colorado, man. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's sweet. I, Steamboat's but my favorite. Just, but you don't got to stay either. Like I, like Jesse was saying, like all yeah. our students are all over and we have connections everywhere. And right. so if you want to stay cool, if you want to get the hell out of here afterwards, fine. Can you curse on this podcast? I think yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's already it's been legal. done. We can't oh. take that back. Okay. It's legal. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And if anybody wants to reach out, uh, how do they do that? Do they apply? And then we go to the website to apply. But if they want to talk or ask you guys questions, what's the best way they can do that? They can just talk to this like chat box that we have on the site. <laughs> yeah, it's all. We don't actually like to talk to the students. It's really. a, one of the robots. Talk, yeah, talk to the robot and they'll they'll direct you. Uh, you yeah. can just email Jesse or or myself at Heather, denveratschool.com or Ooh. Jesse at Denver. Yes, it's a personal email. Even on our personal email. It's just our names and then or and or you can just hit us up at explore at denveratschool.com. Okay. Yeah, go go to the site, go fill the out a site. form that goes. It really, literally. We don't have a sales team. When you go to the site and you fill out a contact form, it goes straight to Heather. When you when you're on Instagram and you DM us, it goes straight to me. Like when you're on Twitter and DM us, it goes straight to me. Like yeah, like it's it's literally us behind the screens. So you, you can wherever you hit us up, you're gonna be talking to either myself or Heather. They're the no bullshit portfolio school. I mean, that's about it. I know this was a this it. was a very tame conversation between the all three of us. It honestly was a little bit, yeah. I know I'm proud of us. It was a it little was bit strained in a good way. You were very like put together. Everybody Not did a great job. Quiet. Great job. <laughs> so that's, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, anything else? Nope. I'm gonna stop recording. Oh no. You got anything else to say? Uh, you're cool, dude. Thanks for having us on. Oh, you're cool too. We love you to death. This was fun. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thank you all for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's guest. Make sure you go and connect with them on LinkedIn. Tell them that Breaking and Entering sent you. Now, thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio technician, and Buchan Zhang, our creative director, as well as the student team from the Midnight Oil Agency at the University of Illinois. Can't do it without you all. Thank you very much. We will see you all next week with another amazing guest.